0: Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC.
1: Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Good early morning, whatever time it is around the world. This is episode number 79 of FIA Goes PC. And as always, I'm your host, Rebel Zen. It is uh, going to broadcast on the 7th of September. We have it planned, so we are at the 79th episode. It's a very important day because it's the national hatching day of Rebel Zen. Yes, that's right. I can hear all of the applause from around the world uh, in my ego and imagination state. Yes, thank you. Thank you for your well wishes. I was hatched many moons ago on this day. Isn't that spectacular? It is, really. Uh, we are still at the Gypsy Caravan Park. We've moved on with them. Uh, we've joined Cirque du Soleil, uh, which is not the Cirque du Soleil that you all know. It's actually a circus in the sun, so it's very hot here. Yeah, a couple of things I'd just like to tell you because all of you have been wondering if we found ourselves a new cave. We have found ourselves a new cave, but it's not a cave. Shocker. It's a treehouse with no leaves. And we have found it. We won't say too much about it until we're all in, but we're in the kind of annoying paperwork. So we're going to continue the fortnightly episodic format for a while until we are settled. It's a bit of a high climb as well, so it's going to take us at least a week to get to the top where the little shack is. So we're excited. It's quite exciting to have a treehouse, no leaves. Um, And whilst I've been talking to you, I've been watching uh, our producer, Winifred, say hello. Hello. Playing ping pong with some weird armless guy. How's that going?
0: (laughs) I don't know.
1: You don't know? Who's winning? He can't hear or see or speak or anything, so... uh, you had to pick the one guy you you knew you'd have a chance with, right? Uh, so sure. she was concentrating. She was concentrating, folks. That was the huge gap. She was actually concentrating on a ping pong match with a guy that can't see, hear, speak, and has no arms. So it, you're doing all right. Who's winning? Are you winning? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, so we're moving on. Uh, lots happened since we haven't seen you last. Um, <laughs> never see you. Uh, but we, a lot's happened. It's been two weeks. We were talking about the D20 last time. I think it's only fair that we start by saying, like, I alluded to the fact that Trump should have, like, you know, a whole villain theme with his, uh, the RNC that happened shortly after the D20. The RNC went on a lot longer. D20 was a day. The RNC went on for a week, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in America right now, the Republican National Convention, which is what the RNC is. And if you're around the world, I'm sure you've seen footnotes around the world about it. It was never televised. This is an interesting point. The BBC never played it in its entirety, they just gave it a highlight reel. Oh. So that's a difference of bias right there. So that's interesting.
0: Did you not stay up that late that night? Or? I
1: was definitely up that late, <laughs> but um, it wasn't on. Oh. I was very disappointed. Maybe they uh, didn't get
0: the distribution right. Well, me and
1: Hercules, the strong man of the Gypsy Camp, uh, we were very disappointed. Yeah, he's the, he's the son of Zeus. But uh, basically, like, what I can say is the RNC. Um, I appreciated that Donald Trump used the White House to canvas it, which was interesting. So he set the whole thing off at the White House. I think he's the first president to ever do that. It's usually in a rainforest somewhere, but he did it in the White House. Um, the keynote speeches were disappointing because it, it literally paralleled the D20. So you had all the women talking, some random woman that was going out with one of his sons taught, which is interesting. If you're a Trump, you get all kinds of access. Or if you're a girlfriend or a boyfriend of a Trump, you get all kinds of access or husband, wife, whatever. But yeah, no, it was interesting. It was interesting. It was really interesting where Ivanka, I think that's the name, Ivanka? Ivanka. Ivanka, When she gave a speech, because it sounded like the Eurovision Song Contest to me, because she's got a heavy, I think she's Ukrainian accent. Yeah. Um, but yeah pretty much on the heels of the d20 so it became a cat fight and this is really bad i was expecting something vibrant the only thing that we got that was kind of third reich was the ending where you had the whole american flags of the eagles on top laid out <laughs> and then a nice firework display it felt very third right to be honest i can hear the uh the the footsteps but anyway no just speaking of it i think trump's a lot of what I found interesting in it was a lot of the people around Trump were saying, you, "You, you, just don't get him." You know, he's a nice mm. dude. Behind all of this, he's a great dad. He's a great husband. He's all of your uh, well-being is in his mind. And you know, it's it's interesting how they went for it. It was a family affair for sure. One thing I will say is Mike Pence gave a good speech. Okay, and I still think Christian Bale will play him one day. I'm fr- <laughs> fairly sure it's Christian Bale in heavy prosthetics, but um. All in all, it felt disappointing because the whole thing was just an instant reply to the D20 and it was very... They've been at each other's throats ever since. So we all know that situation. Uh, we'll say a quick shout out whilst I'm in America. Uh, my friend Solomon is out with the reserves and military trying to put out the uh, fires in Santa Clarita at the moment. That's uh, mm. That's been thrown my way. Sent me a bunch of photographs and it's pretty incredible what's going on out there in a bad way. But I think they've got a good hold on it yeah. so that's good um but yeah just thoughts out to him if he's listening and uh with all of his buddies out there in the old forest um we're thinking of it and get back safe but yeah that's a pretty intense story of all these wildfires we're getting so used to it it's almost desensitized yeah. everyone to it but it's a really big deal if you're in california y- you really see the scale of these things
0: it affects the air pollution so much every year.
1: Really badly, really badly. Um, it's just not only that homes are mm-hmm. affected. You know, everyone's been caught out. There's been loads of storms in America as well since we last saw you. Uh, it's it's quite uncanny what's going on. Really, it's almost like we're fixated and focused on a lot of things, especially the weather right now. Obviously, um, but we've discussed a lot of this in the past. It's just that if you are in in any of these areas that are affected, we're thinking about you. Yeah, obviously. Uh, as we always are. We've been through some stuff ourselves, so we kind of relate to a point. We haven't had anything leveled, but we've been pretty close to it, especially in Tokyo. Um, but, you know, we're thinking about everyone worldwide who's dealing with that. So, all of the kind of, what I would say, the political stuff, I think I'll add with. I'd love to cover the uh, uh, the RNC in more detail, but there isn't really more detail to give. It really is just a catfight between the D20 political accusations and the trump you know retaliation it's all accusation accusation there's no solution no it's just really sad to see obviously the thing that's going on in portland oregon is continuing and no one's really tackling that you kind of need boots to the floor with some kind of leadership quality to end that but there's there's nothing And then obviously we just get the whole vibe that Trump wants to stay in office and pull a Putin or something like this from the UK perspective. That's all we're being told. Who knows? But if you are around the world watching this, it's quite a melodramatic thing. There's so many things happening politically right now that it's all kind of one and the same bleeding into each other. I think Hong Kong started a trend. That's what I think. (laughs) that's been a big trend
0: oh talking of hong kong there was a guy who was presumed dead or like killed by the police or something and he's turned up here in england (laughs) yeah yeah he disappeared for a while and
1: that's what a lot of people do Uh, when they come to england they do disappear from hong kong you see Uh, like me i'm not there anymore
0: i think he was um evading charges or something something sketchy yeah
1: well there's a lot of weird stuff going on i Mm -hmm. think in the end, the truth reveals itself. It's just a lot of incited stuff and a lot of misinformation, and a lot of people go in the wrong direction. I watched It Man 4, actually, recently. Like, literally, last night, because Hercules wanted to watch it. And,
0: um... It's... It, yeah. It <laughs> it's, Man 1 was great. Two the first, was
1: okay. The first 2 It Man were okay. But no, like, I mean, I could do a whole episode about that, and I might do at some point. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of, you know, it's kind of like the Bruce Lee story, Dragon's All on Netflix right now, folks. If you're listening in in uh, the UK or Europe, I think America's probably had it and then put it away somewhere. But I also, yeah, man, for it just became a bit heavy, a uh, bit transparently political. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a bit of a waste of a really good character and a really good story that they'd built up. A lot of fiction in it. They've kind of done a lot of romanticizing with it, making him a role model for the Chinese people, which, again, you know, they did with Fearless, you know, and all of these stories in the past. It's all right. It's all right. It's, it's pretty bad because a lot of it's in English. And it feels like they just pulled in any old expat off the street in China, you know, to fill in uh, the boots and That's the rolls. It's never good. <laughs> it's never good. It's all a little bit weird. Uh, yeah. Scott Atkins was in it, who's basically a poor man's Ben Affleck. He's always okay, but he's, he's so villainous in this film that it's mm. almost a cartoon. Right. Um, but I've also watched something that I've been alluding to for years because it was on YouTube, read ages ago, which is a premium. I think they changed YouTube Red to premium recently Mm. um which is Cobra Kai now I grew up being called Daniel the Karate Kid because I've done martial arts since forever Mm -hmm. and so you know everyone just oh his name's Daniel he's going to be the Karate Kid right so that's even in my yearbook people were signing my yearbook like oh, Daniel Karate Kid and all this stuff um so I have an affinity with that film I would cast your dad as Mr Miyagi I think he could pull it off (laughs) yeah but um, it's a it's a special it's a it's kind of one of these films that at the time was really influential to a massive generation of people. Yeah. Um, but basically, as you grow up, it's sort of the corniest thing you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. But Cobra Kai has done really well, and if anyone has access to it now who didn't get the YouTube Premium, which I don't think any mortal person really <laughs> has, it's now on Netflix. The first two seasons, it's really interesting. That's all I'm going to say. It's very. It's incredible. Like, I I would say it like there's loads of films out there that have way more substance than the Cryo Kid films. Mm -hmm. Way more. And they're obviously like you could flesh it out. Like, Kill Bill's a good example of that. You could do the whole prequel to Kill Bill. You could do sequels to Kill Bill. There's loads of stuff that wasn't answered. Mm. And there's this mythology that you kind of want to stay in. Sure. Well, the Cryo Kid was very black and white, very, you know, transparent. Yeah. Yeah. But over the years, the internet community, especially when they've been active, and a lot of my generation are now like super old compared (laughs) to these kids these days. Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you. Well, (laughs) I did say it was National Hatching Day, but you were playing ping pong. I was distracted. Yeah. So basically, it's one of these stories that you don't think you could draw anything deep from, but Cobra Kai really has. And it's actually really excellent. It really is. You know how Stranger Things promote itself as it's like a nod to the 80s all nostalgia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually just a rip-off series. <laughs> like, this scene's ripped off. This scene's an exact ripped-off scene. This is a rip-off. Win- Winona Ryder's in it, and she is the 80s. And, you know, like, basically, <laughs> it's one of those things. Whereas, um, Cobra Kai really is nostalgic right. nod to the 80s. It's brilliant in a way. Yeah. It's it, There's so many good things about it. It's very interesting because they took an internet rumor basically the internet creates this thing when they create a narrative that isn't there. You know, like a conspiracy theory for a film. Right. Which is when you've really hit rock bottom with conspiracies because <laughs> you're like, oh, this film's got a conspiracy theory in it. And you're like, what? Go digging. Yeah, not the kind of surface level stuff. Like, oh, the producer of this is a Satanist. Not that. That's no. actually a conspiracy theory about the making of the film. No, this is more like... So uh, Danny LaRusso, the main character, is actually the villain. Mm. Right, and when you're watching it, you're like, "There's no way; it's too black and white." You know, he's of course he's not, but they make a good point because all the chaos starts in this world when he arrives. There's mm. a new character. It's a bit like Godzilla. Yeah, you know the the uh, Brian Cranston Godzilla, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the the newest one it's a bit like that how everything seems to happen because Brian Cranston gets a flight and then Godzilla goes with him he's an
0: unknown catalyst
1: yeah exactly like but all the bad stuff happens because of him yeah right like he's looking at a train and the train blows up what (laughs) it's like is is it Godzilla or is this guy actually like one of the X-Men I don't know You know, <laughs> but it's kind of like that with Cry Someone came up with this amazing logic and they actually made it a storyline in Cobra That's Ka. almost
0: like fan fiction. Yeah,
1: really is. But it's very worth watching if you're a fan of the Kraken Kid films. It's far greater. Mm. It, it's almost like it, it's really encouraging because it's quite inspirational. Yeah. In the sense of how can you take the most basic thing ever and then turn it like Titanic? Well, I always said if you had a sequel, it'd be a zombie apocalypse film. It'd be brilliant.
0: <laughs> well, I saw the Will Smith uh, remake of The Karate Kid, but I haven't seen the original. Should I watch the original before watching you the You must series? watch.
1: Well, I would say always uh, to new people. Mm. Like I said, my, there's not a lot of people in my generation that didn't watch it. Mm. It's like Back to the Future. I'm and, just a weirdo. Well, you're not really. You're sort of a bit too young and oh, it's more of a western thing like i don't think it played well in asia no, I don't because think so. there's so many racial stereotypes yeah. well, and
0: well the one thing that i just remember seeing is like it's called the karate kid but he's in a crane stance which is chinese well, not karate actually so...
1: technically talking about putting my martial arts hat on right now the essence of karate is okinawan yeah And the Miyagi-Do school of... Do they justify it? They do, in a sense, because when you get... This is actually an important question. When you get to part three, Mm. they go talk an hour. Okay. So the first two are kind of Danny LaRusso and his new girlfriend in each film, which is weird. Mm. Uh, This super nerd that basically becomes cool, Mm. but he's always a nerd in it. And he's the, the actor, Ralph Macchio, is like coordination as a kid is really gangly and weird <laughs> i mean he's also in his 20s when he did it which is hilarious to me He was like 22 playing a 17 year old and now he's like nearly 60 and he still looks absolutely amazingly young mm. it's quite incredible
0: baby face
1: yeah very much but all very youthful energy sure. and and it's That's pretty cool. cool the consistency of the character has been good and i think that what i was going to say like the crane stance or the animal styles would have made it Takinawa. Yeah. Because of Hapkido and all of the essence sure. the build up to what became karate, and Khan being the most famous. But there was so many things in karate in Okinawa, like more of a tribal style, more mm-hmm. of a kind of Ryukyu kind of kingdom style, which would have been heavily influenced by China. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's I think it's an interesting thing to state that all known base Asian martial arts came from China, mm-hmm. originally from india really right you know so it's almost like you've got this passing of knowledge and mm-hmm. that will be hints but yeah crane stance is a very strange thing the way they put it in the film the
0: original film
1: the original the first movie that's the whole point of the first movie though. Yeah. there's some things that i really like about it yeah i'm not going to ruin it for you because you haven't seen it but that particular move was always something that made you go that sucks
0: right yeah
1: right well, but <laughs> what i've done in cobra kai is they've given you angles. The, the producers of Cobra Kai found footage that wasn't used.
0: Mm.
1: So extra clips yeah, and extra yeah, yeah. scenes. That's and they cool. actually got a better angle of it. Oh,
0: wow. Where it looks
1: legitimate. So you're actually like, oh, that, that's actually not that bad. Yeah, it, it's right, not as right. bad as I remember it. Okay.
0: Because
1: before I think it was, you just saw it from the front and it looked lame. Mm. But now they've got a nice side angle and you see it clock mm. Johnny in the face straight up. And it's actually pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting because that's my preconception coming from Asia, looking at a Western film where I, fi- I immediately was like, oh, are they getting the cultures mixed up? Well, and, it's interesting
1: you know. again because I think that the guy who wrote it, mm. the creator of it, was an ex-GI that had been to Okinawa.
0: Right. If they can justify, then that's that's cool. Well, it's,
1: it's fair, actually. Like, it's a film made through rose-colored glasses. Yeah. Rose-tinted Most-tinted, glasses, yeah. yeah. Because it's basically... The guy who created definitely had a love affair for Japanese, like Okinawa and karate. Mm-hmm. So many people in America did. In fact, when Bruce Lee was massive in yeah. the 70s, yeah, yeah, yeah. when he was at his absolute apex everyone just knew karate they didn't know anything from china they didn't know anything from other sides of the Mm -hmm. world it's still very much like that in america yeah they've accepted taekwondo because it's a lot like karate and i love their strike stuff and i love their mixed martial arts and all this stuff
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but what i think the karate kid did was it showed you the philosophical side of karate Mm. which no one goes into really like because karate is basically you send your kids to it it's meant to be "quote unquote" yeah. self-defense, but you just want to see them smash balls and beat each other up. You know, that's what your dream is. Whereas the Miyagi side of the story goes into the philosophy. Yeah, and by the Almost third,
0: like and Kung Fu, mm,
1: it, way better because it's more okay. authentic. Because right, Pat right, Morita, right. the actor, who's no longer with us, he basically would have probably fleshed it out, mm. made it a bit more authentic. Okay, but the first two films are kind of more or less the same the sequels are cashing. Yeah. It's basically more the same thing, yeah, yeah. but they flipped it on its head. From memory, I think Daniel goes dark in it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the second one. But then the third one's in Okinawa, so they, they, you really get by the third one an essence of the spirituality side that they're trying to build. Mm. It's a heartwarming story. The, the remake with Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith, Smith was yeah. all over the place, because again, it wasn't karate, it was wushu. Mm-hmm which is Chinese martial arts. Yeah. And the philosophy, the, the essence is there, but the, the change, the dynamic of it is very different. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cobra Kai brings it right back to canon. Right,
0: right, right.
1: And yeah, no, it's, it's cool. I wasn't expecting too much, but it really impressed me. And I'm pretty hardcore with this stuff. Obviously, there's a lot of things that are quite uh, sickening, like the American high school romance drama that's (laughs) attached to it but that's always been in the cry kid it's always a main staple of it that kind of makes you a bit sick um you know it's an interesting (laughs) well it's the 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 diversity thing about the nerds and the Mm. not nerds and all this stuff and what it is to be a nerd all of that gets a bit old very quickly for me but that's age related i think when you're looking through the eyes of the people in your generation in the story it's absolutely amazing and they've done really clever stuff to keep the 80s relevant in it Mm -hmm. So the soundtrack is relevant, Mm. certain signs in shops have been yeah. but it doesn't look out of place in today's world. It's very cool.
0: Okay.
1: It's worth watching. But yeah, to answer your question in a long-winded way, the first two films at the current are the only thing I've seen made like reference to at Cobra Kai. Right. It helps. Yeah. Because I think if you watch the films, even if they're tacky as hell to you, Mm. you get the essence And then when you watch Cobra Kai, the iconic stuff is more relevant. Right, yeah. Because you could just watch the series. you
0: understand the the depth of reference. Yeah,
1: you could watch the series and it wouldn't have emotional heartstrings. There Mm. are real emotions built up in a Karate Kid franchise. Real ones, like it's genuine. Okay. Um, Otherwise, it wouldn't have been the fifth gross movie of that year. Yeah. So, highest gross movie. Anyway, so that was what I've been doing. Mm. Yip Yip Man 4 was yeah it just it doesn't feel good let's put it that way yeah it feels like they've cheapened what they started with to they be should honest. have
0: just stopped after the second one
1: definitely but this is just my netflix review <laughs> the other thing that's been incredible and underplayed by all national press due to controversy of the guy hosting it essentially um, which i've partitioned my mind to i was watching joe rogan um, and he did an interview with David Blaine. We've mentioned David Blaine a few times, mm-hmm. I think, in the past. It's always interesting because David Blaine, I would put up there, as far as what he's done in his art form mm. in the same breath as michael jordan Michael Jackson. um basically, he's elevated the forum so high that you can't I don't think many people on this planet don't know who David Blaine is. it's it, you know what I mean? It's an elevated name, yeah.
0: I remember when he did that glass box. Yeah. Um, Was that in New York? Uh huh. And he basically starved himself. He did one in London, and he did one in
1: New York. The one in New York, he was stuck in ice. Yeah. I think in London he was. There was an underwater one as well.
0: Yeah. But uh, the one that really sticks with me is him being in this glass cube suspended.
1: And it was interesting because David Blaine, and this is telling the kids today who probably don't know who he is. David Blaine, for sakes and purposes, was a street magician. Mm -hmm. But he was very grotesque. He did a lot of grotesque, risque stuff. A lot of stuff that really creeped you out. I think he was the first guy who levitated and did that trick. Now it's been done to death. A lot of people have done that. But he was really um, different. Like he'd do stuff where he'd do a car trick and then throw it at a car door and then it was stuck behind a glass. And you're like, how the hell did he do Mm -hmm. that? And a lot of people just said, oh, it's fake. And, you know, like it's camera setup. So Mm. obviously he's just got a bunch of actors reacting to what he does. Um, But actually he's gone to levels to say, no, I'm not fake. But he was doing weird stuff like shoving ice picks through his arms and doing cutting his eyes and like Mm. almost (laughs) strange stuff like jackass kind of. I
0: think it's almost like pushing it's. It's pushing magic and illusion to reality.
1: He would say that he separates the two. Like There's magic, which is all the tricks that we know. And then there's stunts that he does from Houdini. Like his Mm. main thing was to take what Houdini did and do it way beyond. Like hold your breath for 20 minutes and all the real stuff Mm -hmm. that you have to really do. There is a knack to it and there's a lot of tech behind it. But at the end of the day, it's about you and what you you do do as your endurance. So he's been trying to do loads of stuff. I think he did the bullet catching trick as well and loads of different stuff. He was on Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan, it's the best forum to see it, hear it from his mouth. David Blaine himself, Mm -hmm. they go into all of that. But the one thing that he advertised was this thing called Ascension, which I had no idea about. It's been so under marketed and promoted here in the UK. Mm -hmm. But Ascension was basically, um, he had this new stunt in mind and he linked up with YouTube to do an all access pass to the day that this thing kicked off where in a nutshell he just had a whole bunch of helium filled balloons and he wanted to do that thing that we all imagine as kids where you hold a whole stack of balloons and float off
0: and you, lift you know them, how yeah. your
1: parents always go when you're in the mall and you want to have a ton of balloons or whatever <laughs> and your parents go no you can't have all of them because you'll float off
0: yeah, yeah that yeah. kind of
1: a thing <laughs> he legitimately did that that's yeah. his stunt And what made this special, and I was going to say, David Blaine has always been someone that's forethought technology.
0: Mm.
1: The glass box thing was a good example of that. So the ice box, because he had 24-hour surveillance. You could go online and check him out. And in London, they did the same thing, where you could just go online at any point, and there's cameras fixated on him. You could ask him questions and Mm -hmm. stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And so they've always been way ahead of the game, but the attention to it's gone decreased. He got into some controversy and you know whenever you you think where's that guy now he was like really big in the 90s or whatever and where's (laughs) that dude now it's usually because of a controversy right or impending legal suits or Mm. something like this with david blaine it wouldn't it wouldn't be unfair to think "Well, that dude pushed it too far and you know in his ice thing and he's Mm. probably got major health (laughs) issues you know but he's a fine he's all right and so The Joe Rogan thing, he was promoting this thing. And and so that got me locked to it. And I just about managed to see that interview in in time to know about this thing.
0: Right, yeah. Because
1: it just wasn't advertised. And it was about a three-hour program when you watched it live. It was all live. And it was incredible. It was really incredible. I won't ruin it. It's all up on YouTube still. As far as I can tell, it's free. But what was amazing was that It made you feel like there's a wave in the air. A bit like we had SpaceX. Now we've got David Blaine's back. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cobra Kai, which has been out for years, but I just saw it. It just feels like things are, you know, reverting to a more exciting time. And I think Mm -hmm. kudos to David Blaine. Love him, hate him. The controversy or whatever that is. I I keep out of things like that usually, but... I feel like he really did a lot for people to just redirect the focus to something truly amazing mm-hmm. like SpaceX. You know, it's it's almost like we need more of this kind of stuff to get our minds off the doom and gloom that's perpetuated all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was definitely worth seeing. I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but I would recommend that you watch the interview does with Joe Rogan to know who he is or remind yourself who he is and then go into the Ascension stuff because it was pretty much as advertised and very, very dangerous. In fact, he free-breathed up to a height of nearly 20,000 feet, Mm. which is almost impossible for mere mortals. It's absolutely incredible a skill this guy has to Mm. do stunts. I think the only other guy that could beat David Blaine if he wanted a career change is Tom Cruise. (laughs) They should swap. (laughs) <laughs> Tom Cruise should be David Blaine for a week and David Blaine should be in a Mission Impossible film, you know? Mm. It, it works. In fact, he'd be an amazing addition to the Mission Impossible mm. franchise because he can do off the stunts, you know? Mm. It's just fun. It's just fun stuff. Good. I think
0: what's interesting as well for YouTube, I mean, like you said, anyone can just go on YouTube and find it now and they can watch it in their own time. But when you do have something that is live... Not on TV. It's through the internet, and you're watching it as it's happening, and obviously you got all the audience interaction, and you can see the, the the interviewer asking these questions. It's still it's still exciting.
1: Well, the reason that it's exciting is because. There's always, these guys have a trick, okay? So a lot of these magicians come from a school where it it doesn't matter if it's New York or Vegas, Mm. there's a carnival element to it. yeah. And the carnival element to anything is excitement, is adrenaline. Mm. There's got to be a fear factor. There's got to be something that's so risky, you're drawn into it. Yeah. I mean, it sometimes works legitimately. Siegfried and Roy, good example, where the tiger actually bit them and killed them Mm. on stage, you know? But that can happen. That's the point. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that to be grotesque <laughs> or give people nightmares. There I'm There
0: is a real risk. There's
1: a real risk. Mm-hmm. And everything David Blaine has done, I think he, this time more than any other time, wanted to show you um, there is a major risk for this. And, you know, he did a lot of preparation for it. He goes into that and he goes into that in the actual show. There's two versions of Ascension on YouTube. There's the three-hour broadcast, which now is not live. It's pre-recorded. But
0: All the the behind-the-scenes. Behind-the-scenes, all the build-up,
1: everything that was played when I saw it. And then you've got the footnotes of it, the kind of edited-down version of it or whatever, um, for a lot of people who have less time than me. But I watched the whole thing start to end, and it was as behind-the-scenes as you could get. And I think the buildup of you—you you suddenly feel the tension when everyone's throwing down all the safety precautions to him. Yeah. And I'm thinking like we've all done the roller coaster in our life or something that has safety precautions or paintball or whatever. That has a sense of adrenaline, has a sense of risk, but we know the do's and don'ts. This guy was getting details like right, this is where you're gonna land. If you don't land there, you might hit a power cable. And you're just like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> you know. And my cousin Will, quick shout out, Will, I know you're listening, has just skydived. Div- uh, Skydiving. Skydiving. <laughs> that's the new. That's the Scottish word. Skydiving. Went sky-diving. He went skydiving. <laughs> hey that's what he did. Hey. Oh, I was skydiving. That oh, was a good time. Did he have well, fun? Well, yeah, like he loved it. Yeah. And I was just thinking, it's kind of funny because you you kind of do all of this prep. It yeah. would have been an early start for him, driving to the coast or whatever, right. getting into the plane, going up. You get all the harness on, everything's explained to you for a five-minute jump. It's yeah. literally five minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. David Blaine's thing was an hour in the air, yeah, slowly rising. I'm not going to say anything more because the parachute and all of this stuff he didn't have when he started. I'm not going to say anything more. Just watch the <laughs> amount of risk that's real in that is completely 100%. There is mm-hmm. no, you know, you have to train hard and you have to have a great team. And in fact, the thing that made it really humbling was that here's a nutter that has these crazy ideas. He's the celebrity. And there's the team of experts who've been doing this 50, 60 years on and off different age groups who have got to deal with this nutter yeah, and make it as safe and as possible to get his vision across. They did it, and technology has yeah. helped. But it was really quite incredible. And mm-hmm. it's... Um, It's humbling to see that in times like this because everyone was doing their job 100%, focus was 100%. In fact, watching it live was interesting because David Blaine's usually had massive fanfare so we'll get into the ice box, and you have this strobe light thing, yeah. and this like dunk, 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 soundtrack, mm-hmm. and then everyone's like, "Oh my god! All oh my theatrics. god! Oh my god!" You go Kevin Hart, then go, "Oh my god!" He'll be that guy, and then you know the ice. Can, when the he gets him out, it's like dun, 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 yeah, smoke yeah. and everything like that, blah blah blah. And then he's sent to the uh, emergency room because he's obviously got hypothermia. <laughs> That's what happened with the ice one. Um, but you know, like, there's always a big fanfare. It's all televised. You get like three hundred people going. David Blaine, not come out of this thing alive. It'll mm-hmm. be chained for, it. And there's all this voice that very cinematic. This was stripped of any of that. In fact, the intro, when you watched it live, he had his daughter, and you could see his um show business head working yeah like he had a click from stunt guy to showbiz and showbiz guy was like we got to walk on with the right balloons and we got it it's all for the cameras and it'll be great in a pickup bit where it's the highlight reel yeah and that'll be all a cinematic thing but when you're watching it live you're like you're just walking with your daughter thinking of aesthetics this is nuts yeah. you're it's about to like do
0: a catwalk <laughs> yeah totally
1: weird so it was really cool to see that and i mm. think anyone I always like to try and push people because we haven't talked about film for ages and we're kind of a film (laughs) podcast. Don't really go into it much. But I've made today sort of uh, be very media relevant because I think that a lot of people listening to this, especially with the David Blaine live feed, a three-hour show, you get to see what it's really like behind the scenes of these massive budgeted things where it's actually just really simple. A lot of this stuff, especially Hollywood, the way of hollywood working is a lot of like how many experts can we throw at this to guarantee something you know like you'll get a award-winning director of photography to film it for mm-hmm, you you get mm-hmm. the award-winning soundtrack it's almost like football management where you're kind of getting all of these people with talent to yeah. bolster your team so you get the most uh grossing profit before you've even started because yeah. the film might be a piece of garbage (laughs) but you've got all of these names so people at least curious about it and it's to sell a ticket that's
0: actually a really good analogy yeah
1: and so with magicians, it's always that, but you need the hook. And the hook is adrenaline. Yeah, It's risk. Mm. This could go wrong, which this plays off everyone's sadistic core. And they're all <laughs> like, oh, I love things that can go wrong. And we're all watching it. That's why we're watching SpaceX. We're mm. not watching it to see like, hey, this ship's going to go off to space. We're waiting for it to blow up <laughs> yeah. midway. So but, we can go, yeah, oh my God, something's it, happening. Exactly. That's the cynicism <laughs> you know, yeah. that we all have. And, and uh, as soon
0: as they're safe, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, we're yeah, not yeah." As soon as anymore. you're <laughs> safe, you're almost like, "That's actually
1: really not that good. I've just wasted all this time." But David Blaine was really good because it's a human story. Mm. It really is, and I think SpaceX was good for that reason. Yeah. But it's really strange, isn't it? Like, my cousin goes skydiving for his birthday, first time ever. Loved it, which I'm really glad, man, because it's it's a terrifying thing to do, really. But I think. Will's energy is to push himself, and I really appreciate that. Mm. I couldn't, I'm not sure if I could do it Mm. because I had a massive problem with heights for many moons, I'm still not great with them but I've got better after living in palaces in the sky in Hong Kong because <laughs> yeah. you don't have a choice, right? No, no. But, um, you know, like, I think it's quite awesome that people do that. What David Blaine did was just like, mm. it's almost weird because my head wasn't thinking about skydiving. Will does it? And I'm thinking, God, I hope it's okay. Mm. And you all have that inert feeling, like, I hope everything's okay. And of course it's fine and everything's good. But this thing was really, it really was, like, how, how smooth it all went was a testament to his team.
0: I have to say when I first started watching it, because um, with all the behind the scenes and sort of the buildup, part of me was like, why? Why would I be, you know, why Why would someone do this? Why would I be interested in this? And then the other part is like, it's almost like, well, why do we send people to the moon? Because we can, because it's like the power of human I don't know well i think
1: i think it's always can we do it it's an option it's It's like i think basically you gotta strip it down like entertainment works on loads of different facets but there was two major magicians that were really mega big david blaine was number one always has been in my head there's been loads in the 80s you had loads Siegfried and roy had a, a residency in vegas but you also had david copperfield he was on tv all the time we had paul daniels in england who was like your granddad doing it mm. um, not got the same pizzazz as the other lads but his most controversial thing was his wife was a lot younger and ended up on a louis through weird weekend okay. documentary <laughs> yeah but david blaine is literally the michael jordan of street magic
0: because
1: mm. he raised the profile it became a totally different form.
0: It's like pushing human limitation in an entirely well, different way. Well, it was way. even
1: before he did the stunts when he had a TV show here in the UK on Channel 4 that directly ported from US TV. And it changed the game. In fact, Darren Brown, who anyone in the UK will be more familiar with because he didn't really work in America.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, he's a psychologist. He's not really a, a trickster. He's more of a psychological... Trickster. He he yeah. plays psychology on you. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's a mind
0: illusionist. He's a
1: mind illusionist. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, mentalist, I think he'd call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, mentalist. Um, we just went through a whole foray <laughs> of <laughs> words. He's a, <laughs> he's a raspberry vanilla cornet, is what he is. Uh, and basically, he presented his show in the same style as David Blaine, mm. exactly the same style. Yep. So, David Blaine changed the game. Mm-hmm. Channel 4 then brings Darren Brown as the UK equivalent of mm-hmm. David Blaine with very different magic right. spectrum and did the same live shows and all this stuff and it was it was a big deal it wasn't like you know magic at that point was either you'd go out for dinner in london at a weird sort of creole place <laughs> that no one's ever heard of and they'd turn up with their little, little bow tie <laughs> on and do little card tricks and you'd be like oh my god I'm on a, <laughs> a small phone. stage yeah and it's just like yeah. a... well no no they'd go around the table and do it oh, like yeah yeah table. yeah of course <laughs> That was kind of the 90s. And then, you know, uh, the other stuff was the Vegas stuff, the Mm. big show with a controlled arena and controlled audience, which is what Darren Brown and David Blaine have done subsequently.
0: Actually, speaking of Darren Brown, if anyone's interested, he's got stuff on Netflix as well.
1: Yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. But um, basically, David Blaine in in the 90s, just to set up for people who don't know who he was, was like, just as a street magician, the same as like, Here's the thing that I would liken him to Michael Jackson, the reason that I would do that. There's an innocence about David Blaine. There's like a sincere innocence where he gets super excited about stuff that we've all outgrown because we've become cynical adults. <laughs> uh, he'll just get really excited. Like someone will say, free ice cream, and he'll be like, oh my God, free ice cream. You know, that. Yeah. And Michael Jackson's got that same energy.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And yet he never swears. Mm-hmm. I don't think he drinks. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like super uh, strange dude. But his public life was controlled, and his private life was totally separate. Yeah. You know, so he was never mixing the two up, and yet what he did for the game is like what Michael Jordan did. This is the contrast to Michael Jordan. You had your kind of bare essential understanding of what a magician is. Mm -hmm. David Blaine took it to a whole different level. Like, he changed everything. The whole genre changed because of him. So without David Blaine, you wouldn't have had Darren Brown, first Mm -hmm. thing. You Mm -hmm. wouldn't have had Chris Angel. Now, Chris Angel became a sort of... How do I say this? Um the B side record to David Blaine. Chris mm. Angel's whole thing was he came out in a time where we're all getting into like Gothic alternative stuff. Buffalo the Vampire Slayer was massive. Right. And he went full image with that, like a rocker with like long black hair and the eyeliner and very alternative looking dude.
0: I think I've seen his street. Stuff. Well, he
1: had he had a show called Mind Freak. Right. And it was targeted at younger people. Yeah. David Blaine's was more like his we had like you had Tupac on it, or some uh like Al Al cool was on it, or some massive celebrity that the kids would dig mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are calling me granddad right now. <laughs> but, you know, you'd have some cool dudes, sports guys, some people, wrestlers or whatever. And it was always David Blaine had like A-listers everywhere. Yeah. So he was doing his tricks for A-listers. And then you'd have just normal people in the street who just turn up and do weird stuff. But the Chris Angel Mind Freak was almost like playing into the skateboard craze, mm-hmm. the Bam Margera sort of yeah. him craze. 90s, the 90s. Uh, what, what did we 2000s. call it? The... Um, Emo music phase mm-hmm. where you had like My Chemical Romance and all this stuff. Yeah. It was that. And I remember Chris Angel was almost like linked to wrestling for a while as well. He kept coming on to WWE. So he was the Vegas resident, Chris Angel was, and he was introducing you to the world of freaks in Vegas that mm-hmm. were part of his entourage, way separate from David Blaine. Mm-hmm. So David Blaine was like mystical because he really didn't know what the hell he was doing. Yeah. Whereas Chris Angel was part of that Ghost Hunters International kind of primetime television slot.
0: Yeah.
1: That's got a bubble and it's going to burst any minute kind of a deal. But David Blaine started doing stunts after that. Mm. So when he started doing stunts, it was completely left field. No one saw it coming. And it was almost like we'd all been used to this dude throwing like cards at cars and stuff. uh, And they stick to the window. But we never thought, oh, he's going to trap himself in the River Thames in a casket you know um and so what he says on joe rogan really says i don't want to paraphrase i do suggest you watch both forums but if you want to avoid swearing because joe rogan's good at that Mm. um (laughs) if you want to avoid that i'll just give you the kind of cliff notes so basically he was a massive fan of houdini right and so the stunts that he's always done are based on people that always did real magic what Mm. what that means is like you know you have these pierced guys that can put a sword through their tongue or whatever that kind of crazy weird sideshow to Houdini's escapism where he'd lock himself into a vault and get out of it submerged in water so all he was trying to do is modernize in the same way he's done for street magic he was trying to modernize the uh, culture of escapism Mm. And so that's how it started. But then he developed real skills. Like he could actually legitimately hold his breath underwater for like 17 minutes. 17. 17. Yeah. And he would do Navy SEAL training where they'd pass out underwater.
0: And he he goes
1: into it with Joe Rogan. But the whole balloon thing is because he imagines stuff like a kid. So we don't. You would never think as a growing up like, oh, yeah, because you'd always go, yeah, the balloon thing works until you hit a power line taken yeah. off or, you know, a plane ch- comes straight on you. Yeah, then, exactly. You know,
0: what then? And it is,
1: it's kind of a millionaire's dream now. Like, you can't really do it as a conventional person. No, no. <laughs> and he demonstrates that. You you need a whole thing to do that. Mm. But I think that what his energy is and what every entertainer and magician and illusionist's energy is, is to give you a break it's to unite it's almost like being in a rock band it's to unite the world to a singular moment where you can you know escape totally escape because one thing a magician always does is captivate you yeah you can be as adhd as you want to be but they captivate you and that's part of the hypnotic kind of element of a a magic show Mm -hmm. whereas a rock concert you're all there linked to music and that music becomes a hypnotic element Yeah, And I
0: suppose like for both of those examples, it really makes you be in the moment. And that's what makes it memorable, especially in this day of, uh, like you said, ADHD or or we're always we're always looking to the future. What am I doing next? What am I eating next? And we're never here. Yeah, but that's
1: the direct comparison to SpaceX. Yeah. But there's also an underlining and this is what I really was trying to get to, there's an underlining fascination that every mortal person has with something that could go wrong. (laughs) And I do think that, that, you know, when you're a really good entertainer in stunt work,
0: Mm.
1: you're always selling that factor. You're always selling it. Like, look at wrestling. Wrestling's always, don't try this at home. Uh, This could kill you. We're uh, trained professionals and all. You can't be a trained professional to take the abuse that they take in wrestling. You can't do it. It's... You know, it's like, it's the individual that can take it, and they shouldn't, really. But it's the same carnival element. Mm -hmm. You see, wrestling and magic and rock, it all has the same carnival element to it. Mm. It's all masochistic, too.
0: The fascination of, how did they do that? Or, I could never do that. Yeah.
1: Well, it's also masochistic. It's masochism. Because in music, when I was in a band, like, full-time touring, your voice gets trashed. Mm you don't live normal life. You can't eat certain things. You got to, you know, if you want to do your job, right? Yeah. A lot of people just don't care. (laughs) Do any drug. Go to the alphabet of all the drugs. I'll do all of them. And gets crazy on alcohol. But for me, it was more like, well, you know, I want to put a show on. Mm. I don't want to just do a gig where you're hearing music. I want to put a show on. And when you've got that kind of theatrical brain, it's really different. Your mentality and psyche is different. So when you're doing say rock music with the show Marilyn Manson or something like that it matters more everything's more perfectionist mm. level trent Reznor is a good example of That nine inch nails yeah there's a documentary he did about the tokyo concert he did and he yeah. did a whole making of thing in that uh, on youtubers uh, again that's really incredible to watch that's a very similar thing so there's a lot of team, there's a lot of expertise, there's a lot of crazy individual with crazy vision that no one's like, everyone's like, that's impossible, Trent, you can't mm. do that, or impossible, David, or impossible, <laughs> Danny, you can't do that. Um, and then no. it's, it's getting it to a budget and it's getting it's a reality. So, you it, you know, it's, it's almost like making a film in itself. But one thing I will say about all that links all of this together is that masochism, because the audience' biggest hook for David Blaine's stunts is this could go wrong at any level in any way and that's what it's sold on yeah it's all sold on that of course it's all siphoned wrestling's the same Mm. and the thing is they've both got track records where something bad has happened
0: yeah
1: really bad like death Mm -hmm. you know like owen hart's tragic death on a live pay-per-view i'll never forget that scars it. right And then with, you know, magician Siegfried and Roy, uh, there's been loads of magicians who kill themselves fire breathing and stuff like this throughout the time. Mm. But basically what I'm saying is the philosophical thing is like we're watching something that scrap all the fear, all the adrenaline. Now I've seen it. I know there's not much of that when you actually watch the thing. So you transition to this place of calm, which is almost like SpaceX, which is why I made a direct comparison where when it's successful,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're actually blown away. It goes to a different tier of like, wow, someone's actually done that. Yeah. You know, like someone's actually got a bunch of balloons and flown off in the sky. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. You know, and and we're in a time I think, and this is my closing point really, and the reason it's important. We're in a time where, as crazy as the world seems with this COVID nineteen scenario and all of the, who knows what the hell's going on really. Uh, With the political stuff, the climate totally changing politically and climate literally changing, you know, (laughs) we've got so many things that go, oh, my God, this is so negative. But, Mm. you know, David Blaine, SpaceX, rock concert, because it's around the corner, you're like, gam again, stand up comedy, all of this stuff, all live stuff Mm -hmm. is coming back gradually. One important thing is it reminds you of something as simple as, and we went for a walk. I took you around a walk, uh, some you know gnarly country lanes by the gypsy <laughs> yeah, camp. Yeah, just
0: a just a nine mile stroll. Just a nine
1: mile stroll <laughs> stroll through uh, the country lanes of England. Took us a while. Uh, very dangerous because there's a lot of cars uh, traveling down uh, roads that have no streetlights. To yep. set that up for you, hilly as well, all higgly piggledy, and hilly, like the beginning of Postman Pat, basically that, but at night time. So, Nightmare Before Christmas World in a postman-pat setting, if that makes sense. Um, And so, when you have these little case examples, and that was masochistic, walking along a road in the middle of the night with no street lights. Um, There was a
0: moment where we're like, this is literally the beginning of a horror film. Exactly.
1: We were stuck, there was bats flying behind trees. (laughs) It was... Perfect horror movie material. Yeah. But basically, we were, totally, we were totally safe because I knew what I was doing. Wynn doesn't know anything ever, uh, I'm apart from lost. Uh, playing ping pong with a guy that can't see or hear no. or has no arms. Stop um,
0: telling tales. No, this <laughs> is
1: real. It's just gone off. You can't tell because you can't say anything. But basically, um, Casper, I think his name is. This whole thing is for me to tell everyone around the world right now that the simplest stuff is when you see how normal things really are despite all this craziness someone can still pull a stunt like that on YouTube despite all this craziness we can still send a rocket up to space despite all this craziness my cousin can go skydiving mm. but we can walk down country lanes that haven't changed for maybe 800 years and I think that's important to say because really nothing's that bad You know? just look
0: out your window
1: nothing's Wow. Well, don't look out your window okay. don't look out your window there's a monster no <laughs> <laughs> but ba- <laughs> but basically i'm just saying like we've got to stand mm. a positive because there's always a positive yes and the fight wait is worth for the fighting
0: live events to come back i think it's, it's gonna... worth
1: it's worth fighting on for yeah and uh if, if any of you have uh you know time to hit netflix have a check of uh, the Kid and cobra kai mm-hmm. i will if you're into it like it not everyone's gonna enjoy it if you're a granny and you're like 860 years old you don't probably wouldn't get it don't
0: think grannies listen to podcasts and
1: if you're 860 years old you would be in a guinness book of records <laughs> yeah you'd be a david blaine stunt that'd be a good one how to cheat death mm. the final stunt of david <gasps> blaine who knows but we'll be back in two weeks it's gone fast this week gone fast it's probably because it's uh, my national hatch in there
0: yeah <laughs> but
1: we'll be back in two weeks time two weeks older and closer to our uh, moving in uh, the tree house with no leaves. We'll see you soon, take care everyone, look after each other.